Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Funny. Mm-hmm. In typical me fashion, mm-hmm. I didn't know much about this film going into it, right? Mm-hmm. And then there's a shot towards the end that's like this really shaky zoom where it's like into Tom Hanks's face. It's like almost in three segments, like, uh, 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 like zooming in. And I was like, God, why is that so bad? And then I was like, why are we in handheld camera? And then I was like, come to think of it, the whole film's been in handheld camera. How weird. And then I was like, it's Paul Greengrass. Of course it's handheld because it's him. <laughs> That's how you knew, eh? That's how I knew. Guys, so welcome to I Only Like You in Movies. My name's Lonnie. I'm here with the person I like, Sine. Hello. This week we've watched News of the World. It came out last year, so we're a little bit late to it. But um, we got there. I'm glad we did. It's on Netflix. I mean... Anything on Netflix, you're free to mm. peruse at your own leisure. You know, there's no there's no rule no saying when you have to watch it by. No, no. Honey. <laughs> um, as Sinead said, it is filmed by uh, Paul Greengrass, and it's a western. It's got Tom Hanks. Um, it's very classic, old school. It's a story about saving a little girl. You know what it is, Sinead? What? It's a dad movie. It's a dad movie. It, it's the daddest movie I've seen in a long time. Interesting. This I, one's for the dads out there. <laughs> could we go so far to say that all westerns are dad movies? I think I think most are for I sure. Guess. Yeah, it's a it's a west it's a dad genre for sure. Mm. Maybe not everything fits in, but yeah, I think so. Yeah, predominantly, and the same as like historical romance is predominantly a mum mum genre. Yeah, yeah, I think I think that's fair enough. Mm. Um, yeah, very. <laughs> Very funny, though it's a dad movie. And I was thinking, I don't think I've seen Tom Hanks in another Western. Obviously, he's got a famous cowboy character, but I think this is his first Western movie from what I know. It almost surprises me because, like, he worked so well in that sort of style. I was like, of course he mm. should be in a Western. <laughs> he's oh, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it's a bit funny as well. Like, I was thinking about this watching it because, obviously, Paul Greengrass is very accomplished filmmaker and has made very very famous and very impactful movies over his career. Mm-hmm. And same with Tom Hanks, obviously. Mm. Um, but it feels like everyone has got a Western in them. Everyone who's in, working in films feels like they eventually they'll get to do a Western, no, don't they? Even, to. even today. I mean, it's <laughs> such a prolific genre. It's one of the first genres that ever existed in film history. Like mm-hmm. the amount of bloody film essays I've had to write about the history of cinema, about <laughs> high noon i did an essay on and yeah. you know analyzing the western genre mm-hmm. um i'm not a huge fan of the western genre like i acknowledge that it exists and its importance and stuff but i i can enjoy the films but i'm not personally like it's not my genre you know mm. the same as like horror isn't really my genre mm. but for a western this i mean it ticks all the boxes really 
Yeah, but you liked it despite your sort of... I did. I liked the yeah, film. Yeah, you did. Okay, cool. I don't think I'd watch it again because I'm not really... I don't know. I just... I think what it is, and hear me out here, you're going to laugh at me. Everyone's okay. dirty all the time. <laughs> no one's having showers. There's no civilization. All I think is I would not like to be alive during that time period. I would be dead in two seconds. There's no way I could have lived in that harsh of an environment. And it's just like ugh, that dry sort of like boredom that they mm. had seeps through in the film to me sometimes and I feel bored watching them being bored, you know? I feel that. I think in this one as well it's like a road trip so mm. there are lots of scenes of them just, yeah, vibing out on the on the cart as they we're just having, go from town We're just having town. a campfire and now we're in the mm. wagon again and then we're yeah. going to make a coffee and then we're going to be in the wagon again. It's mm. like, all right. Having said that though, there are some real tense moments in this film. Mm. The shootout. Oh my God. <laughs> so tense. So tense. I was doing the thing that you laugh at me for doing where I was like, I had my like hands like on my head, not like covering my eyes, but you know how I just put my hands on my head when I'm in a tense moment sometimes? Mm -hmm. Yeah, just to, uh, like keep your head down. So it's you know, just, it was just sort of like terrifying. And then he shot them and he was out of bullets. And then the other guy's there. And I knew the other guy was going to go and shoot him. I knew he was going to reach for his gun. And then he didn't hear him. had the bird pellets. And then she filled it up with the shrapnel, which was very clever. Very mm. clever. And then the last guy who just didn't want to die. And then they're like mm. above each other in this like cavern rock thing. And it's like, oh, my God, he's going to kill them. And, oh, so tense. I was so in that. That was a great moment. And I didn't I expect this film to have a shootout. And like no, it did. Up until that point, it's kind of been a, a drama, basically, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you've got this really tense shootout and filmed very well, obviously, by by Paul Greengrass. He knows how to do action. Well, that yeah, that's his element, right? So <laughs> Yeah. Um it was funny you mentioned that straight off about the um noticing it was a Paul Greengrass movie. I was thinking, watching this, do you think Something happened in Paul Greengrass's past with a tripod. Do you think a tripod ah, killed, killed his, his family? family. Yeah. <laughs> Very Cruella. -esque. I've never, I've never seen him. <laughs> no, no. Seen him use a tripod. He just doesn't like him. But I think it, it works for him. Oh, it totally works. It's that shoddy zoom in the end was a bit questionable. I was like, yeah. Sorry, can someone just lubricate the lens? Like, what's going on? Why like, can't we get a smooth thing? <laughs> I think the problem with that style is the imitators who aren't as good at it. I agree. You know? And so. I think, unfortunately, it's been cool to hate on Paul Greengrass. Have you seen a lot of this discourse? Mm. The same as it's cool to hate on Michael Bay. It's like they're auteurs, guys. They have a style. That's the whole mm -hmm. point. <laughs> and yeah, these guys you mentioned, Paul Greengrass and, and Michael Bay, they seem to have um, like identifiable styles. Yes. So people can be like, oh, well, I don't like the – the zoom or the, I don't like the handheld so mm. that's I'm a, I'm a critic and I'm clever Hashtag smart. Like, but when you're watching those Bourne movies mm. maybe not so much the last one but the two good ones that he did um yeah you're in it it works that style it wouldn't work I think like the first one is its own sort of thing but his two I don't think anyone's gonna complain about the use of handheld in those films. I think it's, it's perfect. The, like yeah. people do complain a little bit in those films about the fight scenes because it's handheld and because the fighting's happening so quickly, it's hard to mm. know like spatially where we are yeah, and who's true. hitting what. And I do get that a little bit, but that's also done on purpose. It's to make it feel frantic and to make you feel in it and like you don't know what's mm. coming next, you know. 
I just think a lot of this stuff, they, they being people online who like to criticize mm. things, think that people are dumb or bad when actually it's like, that's the point. <laughs> like he's oh, not yeah. doing handheld because he thinks he's steadier than a steady cam. He's doing it because he wants that shaky feeling because mm-hmm. it's, it's giving more of a real life sort of look at things. Having said yeah. that though, I wonder what your thoughts were. I made a note of this. I felt like there's a lot of drone footage used in this film for like overhead sort of mm. landscape shots. And I realized that I actually think drone footage takes me out of the film because it's a relatively new piece of technology. And I wonder if this happened mm. like in the history of cinema when, you know, people started talking or whether different cinematic sort of techniques or conventions were established where I'm like, oh, that's a drone, that's clearly a drone shot that they've used there. Mm. Um because they just look so different and crisp to everything else. And I wonder if it annoyed me a little bit in this because not only was it drone footage, but it took me out of the film because of the time period that the film was set because I didn't. I felt like it was almost too clean and too crisp and too mm-hmm. modern of a technology to be used in a film that was set in the past where they didn't have technology. Did you feel, do you know what I'm talking about? Did you feel that at all? I know what you're talking about. I didn't have that same yeah. feeling though. Okay. But I know what you mean because, yeah, instead of watching a film, all of a sudden you're watching a drone image. I can, I can see how that could be. watching a drone image, but not more than that though. It was just like, well, we have the handheld, we've got really like tight close-ups mm. and we're, we're having this small movie and then sort of widening it and having this really like flashy, not flashy technology, but I guess... It's telegraphed to me because it's a relatively new thing in filmmaking using drone footage and only in the last, you know, decade or so that it just didn't fit the style of the film is maybe what I'm thinking. Like I think how you film a film is as important as what's happening in the film. I think the way that you film can also help tell that story. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's fair enough. You haven't seen The Searchers, have you, Sine? Famous uh, Western. I don't think so. It's funny because this film was kind of a like a mirror to that mm. famous film because in The Searchers, John Wayne is searching for his, I think it's his niece, who has been um, abducted and taken by a Native American. Um, mm, interesting. Attackers of the particular, um, their farm. In this film, obviously, it's kind of, yeah, returning the, the person who's been abducted and it is like a mirror image, two sides of the same coin sort of plot in that sense. Yeah, interesting. Which I think is a, it's a cool way of doing it, to be honest. Yeah. Um, I mean, you can't be a filmmaker and have no understanding about Westerns, you know. <laughs> like. Yeah, that's what I was getting at before because because Westerns were like so predominant for like the first 70 or so years of film history. Every filmmaker out there has Westerns they love because that's, you know, where the good films are made for so long. So Yeah. Yes, I wouldn't be surprised if The Searchers is on most directors and writers' lists, you know, because it's so influential and, and so good. It's a good mm. movie. Mm. But it, it was kind of a cool way of um, honouring that movie without making it a like a direct sequel or, or direct remake, kind of taking that plot and doing a mirror image to it. I thought it was quite interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's good. Um, the other thing about Tom Hanks isn't he one of the most like reassuring actors out there? 
What do you mean by reassuring? Like we, he's on screen. You're like, oh, I'm reassured by. Like everything's going to be okay. Yeah, he just has that sort of sense. And I think obviously he's got it now because he's a bit older and he's playing father figures and that thing. But I think even when he was younger, he just sort of had that, like everything's going to be okay if Tom Hanks is on screen. <laughs> You're not getting that? Okay. I wonder if Tom Hanks is the actor's equivalent of Ron Howard. Oh, yeah. Steady hand. You know how, like, there's this thing in Hollywood where if a film's, you know, falling apart or whatever, we'll just get Ron Howard to fix it because <laughs> yeah. we know he's going to make a yep. generic good film. He'll get the we'll film finished. Under budget, on time. Yep. That's what he'll do, the most reliable person. And I wonder mm. if Tom Hanks is like that as well. Like, he, he's not ever going to deliver a bad performance. There's no, no. risk of that, really. Yeah. And so... Maybe that's why you feel reassured because it's yeah. like we're in safe hands, we're going to have a nice story, he's going to do a good job and then we're all going to go home at the end of mm. it. I think I think it's, I think it's just a like, different presence he brings to screen as well. Well, he's wonderful. I yeah. love him so much. There is something, there is that sort of indelible feature of him. He, every actor's performance is where, yeah, you can have the same character, the same line, same direction, but mm. if it was Clint Eastwood, you wouldn't be getting the same performance because... Different person. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. You know? um, but, not, you know, not the nicest guy either. Like, he comes to in the end, of course, because it's Tom Hanks and it's this movie. But, like, he was a Confederate soldier. Like, they're, the, you know, not the quote-unquote right yeah. side of history. I will I will all. admit that I, I lost a, a bit of that sort of discourse of who mm. who was who and who was finding who and what period in mm. history we, we were in exactly. Yeah, I think that that's probably a bit more apparent to... Americans who have that history at more at hand than we do in, in Australia. Yeah. I think that's fair enough, yeah. And I think as well, like I'm probably ashamedly not quite brushed up on my Civil War sort of history, so I was a bit like, okay, this mm. is just before Civil War. Who's fighting who? What are we doing? <laughs> just after, actually. Oh, just sorry, yeah, sorry. Mm. Mm. I meant just after because they were talking about the amendments that yeah, Lincoln was bringing in and everything. Totally. Um. But I, I did lose a bit of that, I guess, mm-hmm. wider context of the world within the film of where we were. But that was my own fault. It wasn't the oh, fault sorry. of the film. But, yeah, obviously he'd, he'd gone through lots of trauma in the war. And you know, given the fact that he, he looks after this kid and, and that he also he, he buries the, the black man who's been who's lynched when he comes across his body, Yeah, it kind of it, it suggests that there's maybe... His depth to his character, he's not just a Confederate soldier and, you know, ex-Confederate soldier and mm. who, who knows why he was involved with the war, but perhaps it wasn't. It's a very complicated time in history, of course, I'm trying to get at. And he's a complicated character. And I'm not trying to say, like, oh, he was obviously a good guy because he's fighting in the Confederate side of the war um, and they were fighting for slavery rather than against it. Um, but it seems like his character has, has been grappling and is conflicted and now it's his chance to do something good mm. in life. Um, and that I think a lot of actors would not want to play an ex-Confederate soldier. They want to play the good guy in history. But yeah. it's obviously very compelling to um, this character. So I think recently, um, who was it now? I can't remember. That's bad of me. Anyway, um, there was someone talking about acting and, like, it's not so much that you have to you know, be on your, believe your character and believe they're right in every situation. It's just that you have to be able to defend the character. Mm. And it's kind of that thing, you know, everyone's a hero of their own story and you need to be able to rationalise everything the character does. I know it was now, it was a podcast about 
a recent show called Wakefield here in Australia. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen that yet. Yeah. But I think that is something interesting because I don't know if he can defend everything that his character does, but in the end, I can obviously. But getting to those steps, mm. yeah. Obviously, so it's a compelling character. That's what I'm getting at. Basically, that's my point. I guess the, the point of the movie in the end really is like, what is family or who is family? Yeah, found family. You love a found family. You love film. a found family, so <laughs> I do. I do. Um, what do you think of the of the German family? You couldn't yeah. just couldn't yeah. couldn't do it. It's complicated, and I was going to say you can't blame them. You can't blame them. Yeah. Bad thing. Don't type children. Probably don't but, <laughs> again, if you can put yourself in their shoes, the character's shoes, I think you could somehow rationalise it to yourself or defend that action yourself. Well, it was so tough. Like, they needed people to work. They mm. didn't have time to raise a, to kid, raise a kid. Yeah, like, oh. You know, I reckon they should have given the kid of the awards, Sine. What? Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Oh, Ian? Ian. Thanks, Ian. <laughs> Wasn't she good, though? She was great. She was mm. great. There were there was a moment where they were, like, um, sharing words for different things in the mm. Native American language and the, like, English, and because she was sort of part German as well. Mm. well. She was, sorry, she was German and then she was raised by Native Americans and then mm. whatever, where it was a bit cringy and I don't think it works in films where, like, Western actors, the actress is German, but where they're like, hmm, hmm tree, tree, you know, yeah. like that kind of stuff doesn't really, didn't work for me and never really works for me, but hmm. she was good in everything else. Um, hmm. I think she was a very compelling actor and I think she played well off Tom Hanks and I think he played well off her. She, unfortunately though, she has brought in a new gripe for me. Oh, well, good on her. This is a big moment in, big in moment. the podcast. Okay. I think probably on par with being in a massive feature-length film with Tom Hanks. She's also contributed to my gripes list. All right. Okay, Helena, what's happened? Do you wanna do you wanna take a guess? Do you reckon you're gonna guess this? Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What, what could you hate about a child? Um... <laughs> to be clear, I don't hate it. It's not her that I hate. <laughs> I've got no idea. What, do you, what is it? Fake freckles. <laughs> Fake freckles. They did seem quite fake. They're freak. very <laughs> freak. Freak freckles. 
They're very obvious, like eight perfect little circles across the bridge Mm. of her nose that haven't been blended out, that are like equidistant to each other, that look awful. They're like so obvious in the daytime scenes and then like looks like they've forgotten to add them in the nighttime scenes. Oh, I hated them so much. So fake freckles is now going on my list with coffee cups, wigs, runtime, bad CGI. I'm writing it down. I'm putting it fake freckles. Right. In. Done. Your notice, Paul Greengrass, for your next movie. Well, it might not have been his fault. It might have been the the makeup artist. He's in charge, though. He is in charge. So let's blame him. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't notice any fake freckles on Bourne. Did you? No. Not not from memory. Mm. Interesting. Mm. <laughs> we haven't even mentioned what Tom Hanks does in this film. Oh yeah, sorry. He reads it's the a, news. Yeah, isn't that a I weird didn't concept? I didn't know this was a thing until this I assume film. it's real, right? Like, I, I mean, guess it, this happened. Sounds right, because not many people could read back then. And obviously, yeah. how do you know what's going on outside your town unless you go venture outside your town? But he yeah. travels town to town, reading the news of the world, different like, newspapers from different places. But he almost he sort of like performs them as, as a sort of. Hmm. Um, it's on a show every like night. Like a play almost? Yeah. yeah. Which is really cool. Like I've never heard of that before and it was a really fresh look. It was a way to have a fresh take of, of the Western, I think. Yeah. He's not a cowboy who's, you know, mm-hmm. guns. well, he's gunslinging, I guess, but he's not like, you know. He's not a, yeah. He's not a bandit. Gun for hire or anything. He's no. trying to make an honest living mm. and trying to, like, spread news and and give people knowledge of the world mm-hmm. i think that is a yeah quite admirable that's a love of stories love of knowledge love of you know reading mm. and stuff which is the message which is really nice. I, uh, yeah i did think i think i mentioned this recently something else we did about i didn't like in mitchell's versus machines it's like how great is being a filmmaker that's the, the point and this one it's like isn't telling stories powerful like yeah it is i get it but also but what do you I want them it, to do? Know? Not make something. Well, I, that... I agree, but like we get it by now. We love telling stories, and it's powerful. Like... But the people that are making the films have those feelings. Do you want them to have different feelings? No, I, I'm not at all. I, no, I'm, I'm all bored. It's it's good. It's good stuff. <laughs> okay. It's just like I don't know, making a film about how important it is to make films. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know. I know what you mean. You know what I mean. But having said that, I, one of the moments I liked the most in the film is when he goes to like the kind of a creepy militia town yes. for the pigs. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, he has to, he's kind of being forced to tell this guy's particular version of events, like this particular story about how mm-hmm. great he is, this kind of a mini dictator, basically. Yeah. And instead, Tom Hanks decides to tell a story about the workers overthrowing <laughs> their boss. It was a really, the... like, tense scene, that one. Oh, and he's so like, good. you've got to try and, like, G up the crowd so that they've got mm. enough energy to overthrow him by the time that this guy gets pissed off that, and catches on to what he's doing like it's really yeah. well done um so good and obviously it's it's not the most um you understand who the allegories are for in that scene mm-hmm. i'm guessing you know recent strongmen politicians maybe having a bit of a go mm. at them in that scene especially guys who try and control the media and people who do control the media in in 2021 gee who could we be talking about yeah but it works it worked for me i, I love that scene and it's great it was very, very intense. I got very annoyed by her, though, because she, the little girl gets, like, knocked over. I'm like, what are you doing? Go yeah. sit behind Tom Hanks, okay? Obviously be near him. Obviously shit's about to go down. Why are you, like, in the opposite direction? 
She did things like that all the time. Like, what are you doing? Lay <laughs> down. Don't make a sound. Yeah. Idiot. I know. Oh, she's trying her best. She's not, though. She's not trying her best. <laughs> but it was so nice. Like, you might say it's a little bit convenient that he happened to make friends with the guy who then saved their life in the moment they needed him after, mm. you know, just happened to be nice to the one guy who decided to, you know, shoot the guy just in, in for them. But I think it was set up well enough and it just showed that, you know, Tom Hanks was spreading kindness and that was what really saved mm. him was that he took the time to be nice to this guy earlier. It wasn't just a convenient plot device that someone out of nowhere shot them in the right moment in the shootout, you know what I mean? Yeah. That makes sense? Yeah, definitely. And also, I don't mean to sound needlessly political, but like, a story that constantly plays on my mind is Sarah Silverman reaching out to a Trump supporter who sent her mm. abuse. I don't know why I keep thinking about this, but I, it's just one of those things that keeps popping back into my head. Mm. Um, he just sent her like a course of vitriol and horrible mm. abuse, right? And she reached out and said, hey, are you okay? Like what's going on in your life? Let's work through it. And, mm. you know, he's seen the light and <laughs> isn't a raging white supremacist yeah, she anymore, She turned him right? around based on conversation. Yeah. And so I think having Tom Hanks turn him around, turn this guy around or just extending a bit of kindness shows how far we can go if we all treat each other a little bit with a little bit of respect. Having said that, mm. it's not the responsibility of us to have to change mm. these people who have horrible views, even though that would probably work. It is a tiring thing to try and do. Um, even my small experience with dealing with anti-vaxxers or anti-lockdown people or anti-Dan Andrews people down here, mm. I couldn't change their minds. Like I tried mm. really hard online to mm -hmm. give facts and figures, give data, give like extend every kindness to them and I didn't get anything in return, you know. Mm. So it doesn't always work out that way. But so I guess you could have a reading of this moment in this film as very easy. Like he has one conversation with this guy and this guy's like, yeah, I'm going to kill all these people that I was friends with after this one conversation. <laughs> with a stranger, but, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I think he's also presented to be a little bit slower or, or mentally so, neurodivergent yeah. in some way. Yeah. So, but I guess it can happen in real life <laughs> that one conversation can change someone's mm. outlook and I wish that happened more, but. It's also that, that same concept is a little bit earlier in the film where one of the first towns that Tom Hanks, his character's name is Carl Kidd, Jefferson, Jefferson Carl Kidd, but we'll call Tom yeah, Hanks because it's Tom Hanks. Hanks. <laughs> um, he's talking to the guys who are getting quite upset about, you know, those amendments you mentioned and some of the, the ways they're trying to restore the country after the Civil War. And just a really simple way he... he um, diffuses the situation. He's like, yeah, we're all struggling. Mm -hmm. We're all going through a tough time at the moment. And he doesn't say it, but it's like in finding someone to blame won't make your life better. He was yeah. just trying to, yeah, I thought that was very powerful. And then mirrored it again a bit later for that story. I think, yeah, we're all done. But just so weird to think about, yeah, you're back in this time, you wouldn't have news from a different town over because, like, even if there was a newspaper, there's no guarantee that you or you could read or you could, you know, someone who could read it. It's a very different way of living the world because, you know, you and I right now could find news about any town in the world if we wanted to. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Like they just, they just had their daily lives. That's all they could think about. And yeah. Oh. 
But life was so hard recently. back then as well. Like they didn't have time to think about what was going on mm. in bloody, oh, yeah. you know, Africa. You know. No. I, I saw something not too long ago about, yeah, the average person in Europe or I think, I think it was Europe in this particular example, but it could be anywhere. It's like up until 100 years ago, they would have spent 99% of their life in the town they were born in. Yeah. You know, you know that, that's why people went off to war and stuff because they could see the world. Exactly. And, that's why you got to be a pirate because you could actually, you weren't just stuck in the same town your whole life. It just sounds awful, doesn't it? it does yeah, we're, we're lucky in some ways, I reckon. Being mm. well, not every way, but in some ways, we're better <laughs> off today. It's like imagine scenario back then, not not just um news, but like even just stories because that's why like you know Charles Dickens would go around and read his stories out to people on yeah. massive tours. And Mark Twain did the same thing, I think. Just again because they could. Eventually, they could distribute their stories in newspapers, but then, even then, you have to be able to read. And if you're working on a farm your whole life, not necessarily that you're gonna have the time. Not not, not that you're unintelligent. Mm. You just don't have the time to go to school or do. Well, it's do just that. not relevant for like what you are doing and what mm. your life is. You know, not everyone exactly. needed to read back then. It wasn't yeah. a requirement. Imagine if you're there and you like wanted to hear a story about a woman who goes from Chicago to Paris to work at a marketing firm. You'd have no guarantee that story would be able to ever be told to you. It just had to happen that Tom Hanks would turn up and would know that story, you know? <laughs> Every single time. You lead me down the garden path where I think we're having a genuine conversation about something and then you sidestep and slide in Emily in Paris and I don't appreciate it. Okay. <laughs> I'm mad at you now. Why are you mad at me? Because you're doing this bit and it's not its not funny. It's not a bit. We're not continuing the bit. Listeners, don't you encourage him. Don't you do it. <sighs> Good stuff. Back to the film. Mm. I will say that this brought back a lot of um, Red Dead Redemption memories oh, yeah. for me. So my extent of playing Red Dead Redemption, everybody, is um, riding on the horsey and then <laughs> going through a little path and following a little map. And mm. then when you stumble upon uh, bandits who are about to attack you, throw the controller to Lonnie and go, <laughs> ah, ah, they're coming. And then yeah. Lonnie has to like fight them off and then I get to ride from that place to the next place, you know, <laughs> which is nice. And to be honest, this film's pretty similar. We're just having a nice ride down the little mm. thing and then all of a sudden bloody bandits appear or we're having a nice ride and then all of a sudden there's a bloody dust storm. It's like, oh, yeah. goodness me. That It's actually very similar to a mission on Red Dead Redemption, like <laughs> really? a, an escort mission. you got to, like, take someone to somewhere. That's basically what the film's about, isn't it? You could make it a story, like a, a game about this film quite easily. I'm just saying why can't Red Dead just have a little path we just mm. just a ride only mode where you can just <laughs> ride and no one's going to come and attack you and you can look yeah. at the cool visual effects and the lighting and mm. just have a nice time riding your horsey. Well, <gasps> Lonnie, do you remember when we accidentally killed your horse? I know. I felt so bad about that. We didn't know that like because in some games you can like jump off a cliff and nothing happens, right? Mm. Or like do something and it, it glitches or it's fine. But no, if the horse gets... If you call, we called him, didn't we call him? You yeah, called him to you, you. And I happened to be near a cliff, like at the bottom of a cliff, and then 
the instead of coming you know down or from the other direction the horse just came from where it was and it jumped off the, <laughs> off the cliff towards me which uh, to be fair why why would it do that yeah, why would it not come spot. down like a normal thing i know i, oh, right. I felt so bad i felt so bad <laughs> the horse. i did look away at that moment during the film by the way mm. after the horses go crazy yeah. and then fall off the cliff and yeah. i did, didn't need to see that yeah they're there are a couple moments like that where it's a little bit yeah, sensitive to does the dog die.com people. Yes, yeah. Um, but handled quite well. It wasn't gratuitous, wasn't I think it was more about the reality of the situation rather than Yeah, it was the harsh that, that, realities of living in that. Totally. It wasn't like that's a relish in this no, awful thing no. like some films do. Yeah, I, I overall liked it, I think. Yeah, I liked it too. Mm. Now it's funny you mentioned Red Dead Redemption. Now I've got a PS4, we should get the next like the sequel to that game and oh yeah it's even better apparently the second one so mm. more horse riding hopefully they've got kill your horse back <laughs> <laughs> all right no well. i think we've, we've gone over the film and we spoiled a bit of it so but i would still recommend watching it if you haven't already it's on netflix very accessible yeah and I'll admit, we watched this because we were going to a pot about it. It wasn't like something we rushed out to see when it first came out, but I'm really glad we saw it. Yeah, me too. If Tom Hanks, I think we would have gotten around to it eventually. It just wasn't like a huge priority. No, and I think, yeah, he can't go wrong with with Tom Hanks generally. And Paul Greengrass, I haven't seen every movie, but the ones I've seen I really liked for the most part. And And if you're a dad, this film is apparently made for you. If you're a dad, you're going to be a dad, you have a dad. (laughs) You know a dad. You have dad-like instincts. (laughs) I'd say that you have quite dad-like instincts. Oh, thank you. Like, what did you say to me when got dressed one morning? (laughs) I think we were going to the city and you said, why do I look like a dad who's about to take kids to movie world? (laughs) Because you had a backpack and, like, sneakers and a polo shirt and you were, like, all ready. Like a baseball cap, yeah. With your water bottles and your... Mm -hmm. So I yeah, think... I'll look after your kids. Don't worry. <laughs> this morning, I almost lost my niece, but I, I got her back. So that's fine. Everything's it's, fine. It's similar to this movie in, in some ways, actually. Yeah. Oh, she tried to run away. And I got her back. So. I'm glad you didn't tie her to a pole. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was, I'm the Tom Cruise. I'm not the Tom Cruise. I am the Tom Cruise. <laughs> the Tom Hanks as well. I'm not the guy who's just tie up the girl. No, you're not the German man. No, no, no. Okay. Time for ratings. I think I'm going to give it... Okay. 3.25. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it four stars. I think... I don't know why I'm giving it five stars. Maybe just that that slowness. And it is 118 minutes. Maybe if it was a little bit shorter. But I think also, as you said, it's the vibe. It's the being out on the road and... Yeah waiting for dinner and talking and the slowness is part of it but also lots of action sequences it's like it's there's some films that just you feel every minute this one it it, it clipped along pretty well but it, it it was very typically western slow in some mm. bits but the bits that like the shootout was real like really yeah. energized it again and same when they came across the bandits and when they came across the new town like all of those mm. bits helped really push oh, yeah. it forwards i think maybe it's just that yeah, like you said, westerns aren't your thing. They're, they're no. more my thing than your thing, but yeah. it's not like I'm going to run out and watch this one again. 
but, but I'm going to recommend really it every day I see. So, <laughs> and it's really good. Like everyone's, mm. it does a great job. It's a, it's a good Western. It's interesting to see this sort of um, resurgence of the Western. Like mm. there was a big period in cinema history where no Westerns were made because that's yeah, all we, they made for a long time. And so it's interesting. It yeah. There's also the Sisters Brothers that came out fairly that was pretty good. recently yeah. that we watched and mm. even Brokeback Mountain to a certain yeah, extent is a Western. So. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to see the the kinds of Western stories we choose to tell now that it's not as in vogue yeah. to make them. I think we've we said this a few times recently. Like, just because the film doesn't reinvent the genre, doesn't mean that it's a bad film. Like, yeah, if it's doing well in in and of itself, that is the main thing. Hmm. And there's but then there are sometimes we're like, oh, it'd be nice if they did something a little bit different. This one did enough different for me because I agree. Also, yeah, and. It, it did have those sort of allegories to the current times that we're in. So, hmm. yeah. And, yeah, even though at the end it's heartwarming, you know. It's yeah. not heartwarming all the way through, but in the end. I didn't yeah. pick it either. I didn't pick that he was going to go back. I thought the ending was going to be a real downer, like this is the harsh realities of mm. life and you get separated from people that you love and you never mm. see them again. Like I was fully prepared for a downer ending. I wonder if that was ever on the cards in the writing process yeah. or whether it went to a it's test audience. Like a novel. Or, yeah, I yeah. I mean, obviously it's great that he went back for her, but. Mm. He told her in her language as well. He said she's home. Oh, I'm going to elevate it to 3.5 just thinking about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but then the shaky zoom on that exact moment. Mm, no, 3.5. It's really, but, really well done. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And what else do you want from a movie, rather than being it well done, you know? A bit more pace. Maybe, maybe, okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Tight 90, you know? <laughs> freckles, better, yeah. Okay. Better freckles. There, yeah. there are things, yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you very much for listening to us ramble on about News of the World. Strong recommend. If you liked our podcast, you can get in touch with us on Twitter. It's good to follow us on Twitter because we give you a little update every week when we new episodes out. So. Yeah, I let you know. Mm. I, find, I mm-hmm. try and find a little gif that, like, you mm-hmm. know, spices up the post a little, breaks it up on it your does, feed. It's quite interesting, yeah. You know? And please tell a friend. That that's usually the best way to get a podcast out there is to tell your mates about it. I know if I just see a podcast, I'm like, oh, I don't know, but then a friend tells me, you know, I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll watch it now. I'll listen to it now. So, Hey, Lonnie, you know what podcast you should listen to? What's that? I only like your movies. It's really good. Why? Because um, there's these two people who are, like, really clever and really smart yeah. and really good-looking. Yeah. Um, okay. And this one person who has gripes and she's really funny and hilarious. Mm. This Did isn't going to mention... come across as like <laughs> humble. I don't know, but I, I'm interested. But I do wonder if maybe they mention a particular TV show every episode. Is Goodbye, that... everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Um, you can send us an email in the show notes. Let us know what you thought of this film. And I'm not entertaining this <laughs> any further. So. <laughs> See ya. Bye. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness, is that your belly? It's, it's lunchtime, so yes. <laughs> it came through, it came up on the mic. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Geeky Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. 
Let's get this dinner party started.